my partner started to say, hey, they haven't paid us yet for this. Can you follow up on it? I'm like, okay, okay. And, and I softly asked the CIO, like, hey, you know, the invoice is out there. Can you pay? And weeks go by, weeks go by, months go by. We're owed $350,000. And my phone rings and it's the attorney. We know we owe you $350,000. Uh, we can pay you 15 cents, one five on the dollar. Alex Williams here to welcome you back to Broken Bulbs, the show for entrepreneurs, creators, and builders who need to keep it real. Today, I'm joined by Mark Haddis once again. He previously featured on episode 161 of Broken Bulbs. Now, Mark built his company to a team of 150 and nearly $20 million in revenue before selling it. After selling the business, Mark experienced a mental health crisis. On his road to recovery, he discovered tools and resources that every executive should know for themselves and for their teams. Mark envisions a world where people are liberated from mental illness and live extraordinary lives. But he also lost wild amounts of money. That's coming up after the break. Real quick before we get into today's show, I just wanted to say thank you for all the ways you offer support, whether it's through sharing the show or through leaving us a review. I really appreciate it. Now, recently I've started creating some bonus content over on patreon.com slash Alex Williams. Remember, I spell Williams differently too. If you want to support me over there, you can go to patreon.com slash Alex Williams or click the first link in the show notes. It'll take you right there, give you access to a ton of bonus content and a ton of other cool stuff that I've been working on. Enjoy the show. Mark Haddis, ready to talk about another one of your broken bulbs? Yeah, this is a fun one. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm excited to talk about it. I, I mean, in this one, you lost over a million dollars. Tell me about this experiences, these, these big losses. Yeah, well, and, and prior to the million, um, so I'm running a tech company uh, that I had started and we were relatively early in the process, but had some early success. And this big company did one of those, you know, dot-com startups and it was a logistics you know, startup. And this uh, CIO hired us to build it. And so we built up this team and we were rocking. She was great. And, and our team was phenomenal. Um, I still remember, you know, some of those people all these years later and my partner started to say, Hey, they haven't paid us yet for this. Can you follow up on it? I'm like, okay, okay. And, and I softly asked the CIO, like, Hey, you know, the invoice is out there. Can you pay? And it's like, okay, we'll get right on it. Get right on it. Well, weeks go by, weeks go by, months go by 90 days out. We're owed $350,000. Wow. And my phone rings. And it's the attorney for this company, the parent company. And he says, hey, look, um, we're filing bankruptcy or they filed that day. And uh, we know we owe you $350,000. Uh, we can pay you 15 cents, one five on the dollar. Uh, but I'm going to send some paperwork. I need you to sign it and we'll get you a check. And I was just stunned. I and mean, we, we were not that big of a company once I got over the shock and it, it took me a minute, he probably said, are you there? I said, look, you're going to drive us out of business. And his response was, what are we, your only client? 
and said, no, you're not our only client, but you're the only one that owes us 350 grand. We're not that big. You know, we might do a million five that year or something. It wasn't, it was a big chunk. And he said, um, let me see what I can do. So we hang up. I called two of my advisors who both said, Mark, whatever they come back with, accept it. And I said, well, why? And they said, because if you go to court, you won't get anything. You know, they'll have paid whoever they need to pay. And, you know, it's just not worth your time. Focus on building your company. And that was a great lesson as an entrepreneur of where do we focus our energy? And so he calls back and says, okay, you are the biggest vendor that we owe the most to. We're going to give you 50 cents on the dollar, um, but I need you to sign it now. I'll fax it over and, and we'll wire you or we'll overnight the check. And that's what happened. And so that was step one of my experience. And this is a key. If we have experiences in our lives that have emotional charges to them, it's really critical. What I've learned is to process through that emotion, to understand what created this. Because if we say, oh, I'm a victim, they did this to me. What that does is it keeps the energy alive in us. It's only when we look at what's our role, what's our responsibility in the situation that we can have the lesson come about. And I, unfortunately, by not having the tools I have today, I repeated the issue by not listening to that inner guidance with regard to money after I had sold my business. And I had never had a lot of money. So here it is. I had sold my company, had a bunch of, you know, money in the bank, had lots of people saying, hey, invest here, invest here, invest here. And I had a, um, a very fearful mindset about losing it, which isn't uncommon for people who haven't had money and then come into it. And within a short period of time, I lost another million dollars in the markets and, and investments in technologies that didn't work or the companies went under. Um, and that was a very, very tough lesson to have the experience of. And now I'll tie it together. I'll pause if you want to ask something. Okay. So now I'll tie it together. What can we learn? What did I learn? And it's to recognize I hate money. That was the big aha. It's like, I hate money. It's not something that I recall being told, you know, I've heard money is the root of all, you know, and you can fill in the blank and, you know, but what I hated about it is the separation of humanity. I, since I was a little kid, love people. I love seeing people come together. And for whatever reason, when I would view people who had more than I had, I felt separate. I felt distant. And then when I came into money, I realized that separated me from others. Now, who's the common denominator? Me. So it's my perception. It doesn't mean it actually happens, but it happened for me because I believe that money separates people. And so the healing is to allow for concepts like that to come up. And I'll tell you what, all along the way, as I went through my healing process, I would get these cool, like, ahas. And it's a breakthrough that we as leaders have the opportunity to see like what's going on in our life, what's going on in our business. 
And instead of saying, well, that's because of, and fill in whatever your excuse is, that keeps it alive and it will grow and grow and grow until such a day that you learn the lesson. And of course, at the end of each episode, I like to hear what's working for you now. You have a book out published last year. Tell us about it. Where can we go to find it and interact with the rest of the work that you're doing? Thank you. Um, I'm going to share. So we have a program called Optimal Being. Optimalbeing.live is the website. And it's a program that teaches tools like what really have helped me be in the most present state possible. And in that present state, I found courage, I found strength, I found wisdom, you know, and my intuitive guidance system seems to be rocking and really on fire. And that is something that we've seen with, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people. And prior to us delivering it in this mechanism, uh, Michael J. Rice actually introduced the tools and thousands and thousands of people have gone through his programs. And it really does turn us on to almost an inner GPS system. And so optimalbeing.live is something that I'm really excited about. Um, it's, it's, it's found directly for companies, for individuals. Um, you don't have to be going through any kind of crisis. It'll help you get to the next level. But if you have been going through any kind of mental, emotional challenge, one of the things this enables is still, you know, that connectedness, that, that approach to, you know, who am I and who do I want to become? and live as so that you're really anchored in who you are on the inside rather than attaching to something out there. And in my particular example with the money, it's like, oh my gosh, I attached to something out there. I made I made it distant from me. And so optimalbeing.live, check that out. There's videos out there. There's lots of information about the 10 elements of well-being. Um, and that's, I think, what I want to share most right now with this particular story. I've got other things, but I think that's the key. Fantastic. I, I, I like that. I always appreciate when the plug ties in so well with the, the lesson and the story that we shared today. And I'll have links to that and everything else that you do down in the show notes. And with that, I just want to say once again, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks, Alex. And thank you for listening. What's your role in the situation? Special thank you to Mark for joining me and being willing to talk about his broken bulbs. Be sure to check out his work, which I've linked down in the show notes. He also previously featured on episode 161, so make sure you check that out as well. And if you want to offer support beyond leaving a review and sharing the show, please visit Patreon via the first link in the show note. As a thank you for your support, you'll get a postcard from me wherever I am to wherever you are. Broken Bulbs is produced by Mecco Radio, and we are, of course, a proud member of the Grapevine. I, Alex Williams, was your host. The podcast artwork is by Bethany Gustafson, and the music we use is by Brian Claxton and Wesley Thomas. Oh, and thanks again for listening. Mecco.